This media is brought to you by Polyscope. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to finally meet you nowadays because this is how we meet each other through Zoom. This is this is face-to-face now. This is basically face-to-face. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization and what you're passionate about. So I'm Shishant Lakhiani this side and uh, I'm basically a content creator to be honest. Apart from that, I also like kind of provide services to people like let's say ghostwriting services, consultation calls and uh, another kind of things. All of these are just related to content creation and brand building in general. Mm-hmm. So uh, more about me, I'll just talk about my past. I had cleared my uh, bachelor's in mechanical engineering in 2021 from Manipal Institute of Technology. And uh, after that, I got uh, a job at Goldman Sachs. I was an intern earlier at Goldman Sachs too. So basically, I got a job from there itself. Like my internship converted nice. into a full-time you must have job. Thought, you must have thought you had it made. Goldman Sachs is like a big, a huge consulting firm, right? Or huge financial services company. You're probably thinking, this is great. Yeah, I mean, at that point of time, like... It was, you know, like it was something special for me. Like uh, all of my friends thought of me as a special person. I got more popular than ever in my friend circle <laughs> and in the college. So yeah, also many juniors in the college started approaching me. So I liked that popularity at that time. But uh, later as I worked at Goldman Sachs, uh, I realized that my job was kind of becoming monotonous. It was kind of repetitive. So I had the choice, like my parents were saying that, you know, you should go for an MBA abroad, like in the US, or you should go for an MS in the US. But I was like, I mean, my, I'll just do, keep doing the same thing even after an MBA. So nothing. Yeah, it's just, it's just, more, it's just a bunch of school and then same yeah. thing afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I'm just going to get paid more because I had seen my seniors, they were doing the similar thing, even though they had their MBA degrees. So I realized that MBA won't really do the justice so what i had kept a condition with my parents was that i'll try something on my own for two years if things don't work out then i'll do whatever you want me to do right so So you made a pact you said i'm gonna try this for two years and then okay good so after that how far along are you in the two years oh it's just been like i think one one year and four months or something right and you've already blown through all their expectations right yeah, for now they're happy, but let's see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my dad. He goes, "You don't want to get into, uh, you don't want to do computers. Computers are a fad. You should get into real estate or be a barber because everybody needs mm-hmm. their haircut or everybody needs a, to uh, to live somewhere." And I'm like, "No, no, no, computers, <laughs> come on." Yeah, even my dad, you know, uh, to be honest, my, my parents don't really understand what I'm doing right now. They're like, do do you even get paid for writing on Twitter? How do you get paid? What is this going on? So, I mean, they have a ton of questions. They can't even explain it to my relatives. Like, you know, what is he really doing? They don't know what an info product really is. They, I just 
tell them that I'm selling kind of courses and Twitter pays me because like I'm working for the platform in some way to help them get more reach. So because <laughs> they they don't understand why would Twitter pay me for ads? They're like, Twitter should keep the money to, to themselves. Why are they paying you? So right. I mean, yeah, there are, I think there is that, uh, you know, generation gap that is causing all the confusion. So, uh, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, when, so in, so when I quit my job, I basically had a startup idea at like initially, and I was working with my friend in order to build it, but he quit after one or two months because he was going through a bad breakup. So he was not able to manage, uh, this, uh, to build a startup. So he just, uh, continued his job. So, uh, I was lonely right now and I had applied to various incubators in order to, you know, get a team for myself to build what I really wanted to build. But then while applying to incubators, I had a one month gap in which I spoke to, let's say, I think more than 20 founders and more than 20 product managers of different companies. So what I got to learn from them was that, you know, uh, I need to learn the raw skills on my own, like, you know, how to generate sales, how to get revenue, how to actually, you know, like without having a VC funded startup, how to do things. Yeah. So the then, all around entrepreneurial skills. Yeah. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, let me try something else. I then uh, went towards uh, like, I mean, I was then started become becoming more active on Twitter. Like I saw people like Isla who were selling notion templates. Then I saw people who were having I mean, making huge money with their agencies. Then I saw people who were doing consultation calls. Then I also saw indie makers who were making more money. So I basically analyzed what, how much these guys are making, what I should do. So I thought, I think building notion templates or notion info products would work the best for me. And I just gave it a shot. I launched a notion info product, I guess in October on uh, product hunt, it worked really well. And I made my first hundred dollars online. Nice. So, Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. So how long so, did it take from the, how much time did it take to put you to put together the notion template? The first one you that you sold? I think it was just, uh, it took one week to, you know, like build it. And it took one month of procrastination to think because I thought it <laughs> won't work. Who would even buy this? Like, so that was my thinking in the beginning. It's like so. questioning yourself is always the worst thing, right? You got to put yeah. throw it out there and find product market fit. Someone's going to buy it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't realize that earlier, even my first product launch was, to be honest, it was a joke. I just asked my family members, my friends, and I put the product and launch like in the college alumni group. I thought at least I need some upwards. Also, many people from Twitter supported because I knew many people at that time. So that helped it to get to the rank three product and launch product and uh, product of the day. So, I mean, that was the first launch. And then the second launch made a thousand dollars in a week. So I nice. mean, that was, that gave me more confidence, but the third launch was bad. But then I realized that I can actually, you know, like take this in the long term and see how it goes. Also, uh, yeah, I did not say this, but before launching on product hunt, I was also just to get, make some passive income. I was doing ghostwriting on the side and, you know, just, I mean, because I was like, I was passionate about learning how to grow on Twitter. So I thought if I can help someone at a lower price to grow on Twitter, that would also help. So I worked for a client. Also, I worked for an agency on, uh, like who you used to like ghostwrite for clients on Twitter. So, I mean, I did all of this then when I was building info products and, you know, also managing ghostwriting, I could not manage both of these. So I had quit uh, ghostwriting. Like I was not able to give a lot of time because it takes time to actually prepare a lot of 
content for a client and especially if the client ma is managing a huge business so we have to take it seriously apart so after that uh, i got an offer from a friend who runs a no code bootcamp since i was selling notion templates it's a no code product so he just wanted my help to basically be an instructor at his bootcamp and later we became partners so i ran that bootcamp also for let's say 3 months with him uh, but then you know like it was i guess in january 2023 when the ai boom started and i wanted to convert this no code bootcamp into an no code plus ai bootcamp because i saw mm. people were really getting excited to learn and i thought that would boost revenues but then my partner again was not really excited because he he just wanted to treat this as a passive income and not really you know upgrade the course with time so I right. thought it's better for me to leave and I gave like three or four consultation calls to different people because at that time I was really skilled at bubble and all of these no code tools. So, I mean, at that time, I all, I mean, at that time, I just helped them to learn how to build no code, no, sorry, no uh, AI power tools on mm -hmm. like no code tools like bubble. So after that, like I just lost, lost touch with uh, no code and I got affiliated with a brand like as an affiliated creator. Like I worked for them for eight months. What I basically did for them was uh, basically I helped them launch. Uh, that was also a productivity tool uh, similar to Notion. And I helped them launch info products on, on, on product hunt. So that was just the collaboration part we had. Apart from that, I also helped them to get uh, some users from Twitter. Like I did Twitter giveaways and I helped them to get users from those giveaways. So yeah, that. I worked with them for eight months, but after that, I left it because there was no, to be honest, there was no learning from on my end. It was just kind of a job because whatever mm. I'm posting has to be approved by them. And also I have to just work on that one product. I cannot, you know, build anything on notion because that is a competitive product and other no code tools out there. So right. that's why I had uh, quit working with them in June and, uh, after that, I'm just an independent creator. So right now I'm basically, um, I've monetized my audience uh, via consultation calls. I'm also like planning to go for ghostwriting again. Apart from that, like I'm also planning to start a coaching program. I have my info products, which just sell on autopilot or uh, to be honest, I also see that's real passive there. income right there. That's, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The product and SEO works really well, to be honest. So, so so you're not your background is not marketing and sales. No. Uh, so how did you did you did you just realize at one point wow I'm actually pretty good at this or how did you get to the point where you can you can actually become a ghostwriter and a marketer for for other other companies? How how did you get so, to that point? In my first year of college in 2017 I was a writer on Quora or uh, like I guess I had good followers as far as I remember I had 2000 followers at that at that time Oh nice but then on on Quora I, yeah, yeah but then I had to like uh, stop writing on Quora when I was at Goldman Sachs so I just deleted Oh yeah my they would they, they would frown on that <laughs> they didn't like that so <laughs> I mean they also caught me like they were like please don't write anything so I was like cool I mean I had to stop after that <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of these organizations that they won't let you have a side hustle, even if it's just, you know, you're just helping people, right? Yeah, I mean, nothing was allowed there as far as I remember, not even like creating a vlog, even if you have, you're a travel vlogger, I think as far as I remember, even that was not allowed. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rare. So is it, but what drove you into, what made you d decide to go down this path? I mean, 
so, so you found that you had a skill in marketing and sales or I mean, you just tried stuff or did, do you really enjoy, do you enjoy doing what you're doing? Like, what is it that you'd like, do you enjoy creating the ocean templates? Do you enjoy coding? Do you, do you like, what is the thing that you enjoy the most? I mean, to be honest, uh, when I was, you know, like I said, I had analyzed everyone's business on Twitter. So what I had learned was that if you can't really build an audience or if you can't generate traffic, whatever you build, no one's going to come. So I mean, exactly marketing right. and sales, <laughs> I understood that it is uh, quite necessary if I want to even, you know, be here in the long term. So I'll just give you an example, uh, like, like, I guess till uh, two weeks ago, I had never posted a picture on LinkedIn, but then, you know, since I knew I had to market myself better, I've started posting pictures on LinkedIn. Also, you might see I've started posting pictures on Twitter right now, like from the past three or four days, because I personally am a shy person. I cannot really do all of that things like these Instagram influencers do. I cannot put myself out there. I've also yeah. started posting reels on Instagram right now, like from the past two or three weeks. So oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that I have to, you know, push myself out of this this comfort zone which I have. I cannot really be the person which I was like, you know, just sit in a room, just like do your work on your laptop and then just for, and then forget what you did. So, I mean, I understood that if you can't really grab people's attention by, let's say, mostly how you look, how you talk or like your personality, so I understood it's not going to work. People are not going to buy from me. I'll have to, you know, then spend money on other things like UGC creators or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't but really you've been able to, but you've been that, able yeah. to, you've been able to grow a pretty big audience without presenting yourself out there. So, I mean, is there like a secret to audience growth? Like, I mean, I totally agree with you. My number one mm -hmm. thing that I tell all startups that I've found that I know is that building the product is not the hard thing. Building the thing is not the hard thing. Building the audience to sell the thing too. That's the hard yeah. thing, especially nowadays, because it's so noisy out there. You can't yeah. just, you can come out with the most amazing product that hits all the notes, but still, if nobody knows about it, nobody will buy it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, regarding Twitter audience building, to be honest, like I was not really passionate about it. Like I guess for the first first six months until and unless I launched on Productant. Like that mm -hmm. was the time I really got serious about Twitter because I knew that yeah, these guys have upvoted. So, I mean, there is some potential on of building audience on Twitter. So uh, the thing here was that in the earlier days, I, I just used to, you know, post pictures, like let's say, not pictures of me, but pictures of, you know, like I'm, I'm going here to for a walk or I'm going here just... I mean, just a travel vlog kind of just, just, just a random pictures of where you happen to be or things that you found interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, just those kind of things or personal experiences. So I think that related the best to the initial audience that I had and the initial audience were basically uh, people who were like for, for whom I was start solving the startup problem, which I was building. So I mean, these people were basically, let's say, teenagers of the age 18 to 20, I would say. I wouldn't say they were any like older people than that. But then later, what happened, uh, to be honest, I think the best way for that I've learned to build an audience is engaging with others. Like I have engaged with Justin Welch, then, you know, Sharad Kuruganti and other great people who are active on product and just to get upwards also Shweta Bay. I understood that I have to anyways build relationships with them. And then uh, also I had this no code bootcamp. So that worked well. So, I mean, I also got many 
uh, people who are interested in the bootcamp from my no code posts because earlier I used to share life experiences, but then I had to sell uh, some, you know, I had to uh, sell the bootcamp as well. So that's why I started creating more posts on no code. And then like when I was ideating to shift towards AI, also I was working with that uh, another brand for which I was an affiliate creator. So I had started creating a post about AI as well because I needed people to come on my giveaways and get that product. So I mean, that that was the thing I think that worked the best. Apart from that, the best thing that worked for me was, you know, like uh, creating more content on AI in Jan 2023. So I remember this thing, I won't name the creator, but there is a great, there is a huge, huge creator. Like at that time, the creator was not huge at that time. That guy had 20,000 followers and today he has 300,000 followers. Wow. So he had, yeah. So he has, he had messaged uh, me on, on, on Twitter that, you know, we both can become the AI guys and let's build an amazing audience at that time. I was like. I'm working with another brand. I can't really, you know, ask them that I'll become the AI guy. I'll have to work as they say. So, I mean, I just started posting some content on a because I saw him growing really well. So I was like, okay, cool. I should also do it. Let's see how it works. So I think also following the trend, to be honest, worked really well. Also, uh, my aim always in terms of content has been to help people make money from it. I mean, mm -hmm. many times it also seems to be scammy, like, okay, yeah, he's just talking about money. Why is he just talking about money? So, <laughs> but that's the holy grail. It's like when you get to the bottom of everything, it's all about how can I make money off of this thing, right? That's yeah. a lot of, that's a, that attracts a whole lot of people, a whole lot of also, people. Also, uh, the thing is that uh, when I was in the, uh, when I was having the no-code course and I was, you know, kind of an instructor. So we used to take these survey forms every time from every person. So the main goal was not just to learn no-code tools. The main goal was to learn how to make money from these tools, like how to get mm. a job because there are not many no-code jobs or people are not clear about job boards. So I understood that that is the main aim of people. So I just created content around how people can make money using AI or save time using AI, but not, you know, how people can, let's say, create a fitness app using AI, have their own fitness tutor using AI. I was not much right. into those sites, like how people can, you know, get more dates using AI tools or chat GPT. So right. I was away from that, but I was towards how to just make money, let's say using AI, no code and automation. Because when I was at Goldman Sachs, I was doing more, most of the automation stuff itself, because uh, these guys who I mean, who basically had a commerce background, they used to work on Excel and I used to automate those things using Python, Alteryx, Tableau, and like other automation tools. So, I mean, I was used to this automation world from since I was in Goldman Sachs. So I think that's just continuing, like how we can automate stuff using no code, then AI. Yeah. So when, no, so when you say, so when you say no code tools, like, can you give me an example of what you mean by no code tools? So no code tools are basically where you don't really need to know how to code in simple terms. Like you don't need to know how to code in, in order to build any app. I'll just give an example. So there was this girl who was uh, from the hospitality sector and who's, I think she had, had a, she had a store of, I think peanut butter or something. So she was like, I just want to, you know, launch a website for this. I don't know anything about coding. I don't want to hire anyone because these coders are expensive. Just let me learn how to 
build a store using uh, using no code so we helped her understand how she can launch a store on shopify we also helped her understand how if she doesn't want to use shopify she can use other stores as well she can use other options as well like she can just uh, like for example in the first 10 days we just taught her how to build a landing page using card then we taught her how to use notion in order to manage the inventory and you know whatever finances she wants to manage then after that i remember we had uh, also taught her how to use webflow and bubble but of course that was too complicated for her to understand so right. we helped her understand how to use software and airtable in the backend because airtable works just like excel so it was a bit easy for her to understand so i mean mm-hmm. this is uh, what our aim was like if people don't really know coding like yeah they can still build whatever they want but even some of those no code tools are pretty complicated for sort of a lay person who doesn't really know anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to be honest, there are some tools, but these are mostly uh, Bubble and Webflow. To be honest, I don't really think people really need to go into depth into these tools until unless they want a job or if they want to build something complicated, like they want to build an AI tool. But yeah, if they want to build something huge, then of course they'll need to invest more time to learning these, but it won't be as much as, you know, we or in miss to learn in programming like learning algorithms and all of that so would you say would you would you say when did you know like at what moment did you say to yourself okay this is working this is exactly what i want to do this is exactly what i want to keep on doing like what happened for you to for the cuz that's what happens with a lot of startups it's like there's a moment where they go hey this is actually going to work this is this is actually mm-hmm. going to be successful when did that happen for you I mean, to be honest, it was in 2017 when I had started writing. Oh, all the way Dora. back then. <laughs> yeah. So at that time, uh, what happened? Uh, I think like from India, Cora, Cora people were really active. They used to have these meetups. Of course, Cora had not started paying uh, its users. They were no sponsored posts or something. But I got to know that people are getting jobs from Cora. So I was like, of course, this is a great opportunity. There were many people who were also selling uh, their own info products on Cora. I did not do anything of those at that time because I was like, I'm a college student who's <laughs> going to buy from me. So, <laughs> but you knew your I... stuff, so you could have done it by that. So is that the, yeah. that the point you said to yourself? But you, you didn't have any money coming in at that point, right? There was a must, like, was it when you first sold that $100 course or, or a template? I still would say it's only Cora because I mean, to be honest, Cora had given me a lot of opportunities in college. I got to know some of the best people. I got to know my seniors, you know, who never used to even talk to me. They got to know me only because I was writing on Cora. So it unlocked a lot of opportunities. And at that point of time, I had plans like I'll do a launch. I'll go on YouTube also. I'll go on Instagram. But of course, that all of that did not happen because I was also studying. So also my parents were not really supportive of, of all of this. Like whenever I used to come for, for holidays at home, they were like, what are you doing? You're on phone all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making money. I'm making money. <laughs> so would you say, it sounds like you're, you, you, would you say you're, you're an introvert? You're quite yeah, an introvert. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably one of the reasons why you went into the field that you're in. But now you're finding yourself having to be more of an extrovert because of because of these tools. Although the way Twitter is and and a lot of these other tools, you can still do really well as an introvert. You don't necessarily need to share as much as content creators do. I mean, yeah, even uh, like since I've started, you know, posting content on Instagram, I don't really post a lot. My friends suggest me, you know, to go to 
to go on a vacation and then share pictures and all but i'm not going to do that for sure yeah so <laughs> <laughs> but you ever worried about i mean this is one of the things i concern uh, that's my concern as a content creator as well is do you ever have to worry about it's kind of like the the only fans instagrammer uh problem where you just have to keep creating content you just have to you never and you never get to a passive income state because you have to create content and then if you create the content you have to promote the content and you have to market the content and it's like there's never a point that you're going to get to it's almost like the hedonic treadmill this is like the content treadmill you just have to keep creating stuff are you ever worried that you're going to get to that point i mean i think i am still at that point like i okay. won't say i'm having an <laughs> i'm having any passive income or anything like because i don't really believe in passive income i think people who say they want passive income it's just lazy income like i mean if you're not working for it how can you expect you know to make huge money out of it right it's well, the just... idea i mean from from my perspective passive income is like it's like being an author right you write a mm-hmm. book and you could be on a beach in ibiza while it's selling right so money's coming in ding 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 so passive income it's not something that's it's 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 been around for a long time there's just different ways of doing it but I think in the content creation space, in the X, in the Twitter X, Instagram, whatever, if that's the profession you've decided upon, you really do have to just continually create content. Because if you drop off for a day or two or a week, it's like your history, yeah. right? Isn't that how these things have been designed? Yeah, I agree on that. But also, since you've given an example of an author, to be honest, uh, most of these authors, I would say, make money either by, you know, their credibility or either by borrowed credibility. Borrowed credibility basically means, you know, Ryan Holiday, he talks about stoicism. So he's borrowing the credibility of all these stoics who were there. So what I believe that if you have like any of these, first, you need to build a reputation, you know, for some years, even if you're an author, like you can't really just think like you know i'll just write a book and it will keep selling on for years but i mean yeah of course it would keep selling but i think books are similar to music or like content sorry i mean songs like a book will trend for some time and then the trend would drop so i mean till the trend is there you're making that passive income but again you know that drop is gonna come just how it comes in like songs like today there might be some songs that are trending on instagram and everyone is creating reels on it everyone is dancing to it but then after a week there'll be a new song then there'll be a new song so even as an as any creative i think you need to keep putting in the work without thinking like of okay i'm making passive income my life is set i don't think so your life is ever going to be set or anyone's life is ever going to be set i think we'll have to keep working even if we you know build a legacy like how gandhi had built or any yeah. great person had built yeah, yeah. well that's the thing. that's in the content creation space there are passive income methods but they're nothing to do with ai they're nothing to do with with uh, content creation it's things like rental income or stock yeah. income or whatever where it truly is making money while you sleep if i have a rental property someone's paying me just to live in it right i mean that's mm-hmm. that that is that is true passive income you that, still have yeah, to manage yeah, it and stuff like that mm-hmm. but so what you're telling me and this is a revelation is that content creation is basically can never be a passive income source i don't think even so. with ai even be. with ai not even with ai i mean even if even if you have ai you are running some automations on zapier 
I have seen many uh, in Instagram pages that have done this. Like they have just uh, used Zapier to automate the entire Instagram page, but their Instagram yeah. page is not working because the images are not really relatable to the captions at times. You need to still put some, you know, uh, human input to be honest in order to see if things are going re working really well. So I think even if you have AI, yeah, you can't really get that passive income like how you get in real estate or in stocks of course these both are passive income streams but you also need some initial uh money in order to invest into real estate oh, yeah. and then it get has to, there has to be that but yeah. it's the same for content creation so the 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 dream of creating some kind of ai content creation engine that just creates passive income while you're lying on a beach that's never going to happen or i think it will happen, but they there will be some manual intervention involved for sure. Because I also use AI tools to be honest to see, you know, what can I create my next post about? How can I make the hook better? But many a times they are good, but many a times they are also not good. So I need that, you know, manual human intervention there. So yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. So it's time to think like a futurist. It's the year 10, 2033, 10 years out. Where are you going to be? Where's the world going to be? Where are we what what's can you imagine what the life what what your life will be like in 10 years i mean to be honest i don't think in such a long term perspective but uh i think after 10 years uh, like in terms of my stream like let's say content creation or even if we talk about digital businesses i think a lot of things will be automated but I think the value of human content will increase a lot. Like, you know, today we have these, uh, let's say today, if I'm selling glasses, so I can sell these glasses that are made out of machine or automated. And then I can also sell, you know, antique pieces of glasses, which are like hundred years old, which were created by humans on their own. So I think that would be the value of human uh, generated content. Also, I think uh, many of these gamers will start using multiple AI tools. Like they'll use uh, voice cloning AI tools to you know make the great gaming streams more fun and apart from yeah. that we'll also see mr beast using uh like con like ai powered video editing in order to uh, like make his videos more crazy like today uh, i think last week or last two weeks he had like uh run a train inside a pit so i think we are going to see more crazier things like he'll take an aeroplane into an ocean or whatever yeah so, yeah so yeah so ai is going to augment and make things even crazier and that's i mean that's the thing where i think it's going to be is that it's going to take our input and it's going to go beyond anything that we could think of because that's i mean that's that's the best place for it because yeah. it augments what we're doing yeah i agree on that apart from that i think that the noise on social media is going to increase a lot because we are going to see more and more creators coming up so i think uh content like mr beast because i think that would really you know uh i mean be differentiated because otherwise if everyone is going to use ai tools i don't think there is any differentiation factors and people would really buy stuff from you so i think content creation will become more crazier and more unpredictable things will happen like what we are seeing right now it's nothing in terms of what we'll see of course 10 years later apart from that in ai i don't i mean yeah of course agi might come who knows i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> about it because many times people take it in a wrong way so I think more and more uh, students are going to start using AI. They are not going to burn a lot of money on coaching classes or, uh, you know, tuitions. Uh, I think also schools will understand that uh, students are using AI. So 
they'll also make learning a bit more different and a bit more challenging like let's say focusing more on real life case studies rather than you know just focusing on reading the textbook and just producing answers in the examination so i think yeah a lot of these changes i think are expected to happen apart from that i'm not i don't think there are going to be many real life robots because i think it they might be expensive and not everyone will be able to afford it in the next 10 years so yeah now i think anything that's digitizable so i, I think you're absolutely right and i think um will are we going to see situations where ai is going to be able to create content that's as good as human content in the next 10 years i mean yeah of course as compared to the current human content it's going to be able to create that like i think uh, like you know we are having a podcast today so i think after 10 years of course we won't be having a a, a podcast like people would just uh, scrape our content from social yeah, media yeah be my avatar talking to your avatar right yeah yeah i mean that would be automated <laughs> people would just create that on their own so yeah i think what we are doing right now today of course educational content it's going to be much more easier in creation because it's already easier in creation you can just ask chatgpt a question and then it will create educational content upon it but then i think educational content with you know having a teacher who is writing on the blackboard or something i think even that would become a reality after 10 years so educational content creators like me and you and others are going to face a huge challenge but i think we'll have to create some differentiation by going to another level by like how mr beast basically creates content yeah we have to be more human as long as we're more, yeah, human, more human we're good awesome yeah. well this has been great thank you so much if someone gets uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you what's the best way i mean you can just reach out to me on twitter to be honest like okay that's the <laughs> that's, that's your okay so i'll put your contact information in the show notes and uh, this has been great thank you so much very helpful yeah same here it was amazing you know like talking to you and your questions especially the 10 year question was amazing yeah now you have to start thinking about the future <laughs> far far yeah. future <laughs> scary but All exciting right. i know thanks so much talk to you later yeah. bye bye